light of the moment, I I want to um, just give you something that I had intended to share at the very end. <clears throat> but just we just stay right where we are in this moment. For probably the past 30 days, I have been practicing something in the morning that I've not really done before. Uh, I'll wake up, and then I'll just lay in bed and just kind of open my eyes to the ceiling, and I'll just pray and say, okay, Lord, what's ahead? What's today? What do you see in the day before me that I'm going to walk in? It's been just uncanny. There's been so many times that uh, the Lord would speak a word to me. One morning it was, today's a day of strength and character. And I remember I, I just laid there for a few moments and just prayed and cooperated. You know, before I'm listening to anything else, I want to listen to the Lord. Anybody? You can relate? I just want that more. I want that more. And I just, I, I believe that what I'm sharing with you is something God is giving us right now in this season. It's, it's a Selah moment where you pause and consider what God's revealing. And that particular morning, strength and character, and I, 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 after I prayed into that for probably 15 minutes just laying there, I got up out of bed, and I opened my Bible in the turn-the-page progression, and I happened to be in Timothy, and Paul is exhorting his spiritual son, Timothy, to be strong and to walk in the character of God. The characteristics of God would characterize his life. And I just thought, you know, this is, this is the normal Christian life. Would you agree? This is the normal Christianity where we're living by the Spirit. And so this morning, it was a really strange word. It doesn't happen every day like that, obviously. Um, but, but pretty much every day, I'm asking and just listening and, and just believing whatever the Lord I'm sensing is revealing. And, and this morning, I lay there, I opened my eyes, and I, and I immediately saw a vision of cloudy eyes being made clear. And it was like this moment where I'm looking at you and I'm seeing all of your eyes. And I know there are many eyes online with us right now. And, and, and I saw your eyes be transformed from cloudy to clear. And I knew the Lord was doing that in me. It was like a healing taking place in our eyes. How many of you received that today? A healing taking place in our eyes, moving us from that which is cloudy to that which is clear, and we'll be able to see with great clarity. It was an unusual thing, and I just laid there praying into it, and I thought, I'm going to break out the old school, open the eyes of my heart song in my devotion. And I had already planned I was going to do that. And, um, and I got up and I went in my bathroom, started getting ready. And I turned on my phone. And when I turned on my phone, I read this message from Steve Uppel in England, who's one of our external elders. And while we were all asleep, he sent this message. Praying for you all this morning, and I have sensed two things. Number one, there's healing for our eyes. <laughs> I mean, I, I was astonished. It kind of took my breath away when I first read it. That's the first thing that he had messaged me. And then the second thing, come up higher. And he's speaking about what this is and giving verses for it, but he, in come up higher, he said, after, after this, he's quoting Revelation 4, uh, after this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and a voice that I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And I heard the Lord saying, this is Steve saying to us, I heard the Lord saying, come up higher and you will see more clearly. Come up higher and you will see more clearly. How many of you want to see more clearly? Then let's go up higher. 
Let's go a little deeper. Come on, let's take it up just a little higher. We're just pressing in a little bit more. Lord, we want more of what you are desiring to reveal. We're wanting to become the men and women of God, the sons and daughters of God that all creation eagerly awaits and expects for us to be revealed. Lord, there is a groaning in the earth for us to come into a greater revelation of Christ. Help us not to be casual about that, Lord, which you are passionate about. May we stir ourselves to a deeper passion in pursuing God in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of the Lord. So Lord, we just invite you today. Speak to our hearts. We believe we've come into a great season where conversations are becoming confirmations that God is speaking to us all. And I know that you're desiring, Lord, to reveal that in a greater measure today. As I was praying into the morning, I felt this last week the Lord said, there's going to be a feast at my table as we gather around his word. True spiritual food. We always have a sense of spiritual food, but, but today, this morning, there's really a banquet God has prepared. Are you, are you ready for that? Are you hungry for that? Do you believe for that? Lord, we invite you in as you're inviting us to an incredible time of just growing in the power of your word in the presence of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just press right in together. Go ahead, you can be seated, and uh, we'll take more worship time at the conclusion um, after we've really pressed in on a specific focal point of Scripture. I, I do want to encourage you to um, get the notes for today. You can go to the blog, destinyokc.com. But the best way for you to stay connected with what we're doing in terms of content and information really is to get the app. We can do app notifications. So if you've not downloaded the Destiny app to your phone, <clears throat> please do so. If you did and it suddenly stopped working about a week and a half ago, it's because they upgraded the platform. So you have to upgrade your app and then you will be uh, pleasantly surprised at what you will see. It's really great. What they've done, it's terrific. Looks great. Um, I, I do want to just voice again something I said last week. You know, you go into a time like this and um, we've, you know, immediately all online, and now people are sporadically starting to move back, and nobody online can see, but the seats are spaced. And um, it's great to see you all here uh, in the building. Great to have you all online. But during this time, you know, we've not known. Heather Shiflet and I uh, do a lot of finance discussion over the church, but we didn't know what to expect going in. So we just had to talk to the staff and say, look, we're going to put a total freeze on everything and just see where this all shakes out. And I shared last week, you know, it was really, it's been a great uh, testimony of the faithfulness of God and the generosity of our people as through the course of this, some people have not been able to give as much and other people have been able to give more. And, and we've been able to stay the course with regular budget to do all the things that we're planning to do. We're actually looking right now at the possibility of another 
uh, distribution, food distribution. We don't know if that's going to work, but we have that option, and we could do that because of your generosity. But I did have a conversation after I said that last week with someone who said, um, you know, if you get up and tell, it wasn't Heather, by the way, <laughs> if you get up and tell everybody that we made budget, then they're not motivated to give. And um, I, I, I understand that the basis of that conversation, but I just want you to understand something. I recognize the practical element of what we need to do in terms of budgetary structure. I understand that. But I just want you to know we function and operate on a much higher level than that. Your, your giving, folks, is not about making a budget. We have to cultivate a budget accordingly. And we make projections and we think all that through and, and we're, we pray all that through. But your giving is about your worship. Now, I just want to encourage you. Let your giving be an expression of worship where you're recognizing that as you bring a tithe before the Lord and offerings beyond that, you're breaking a spirit of materialism off of your life and off of your legacy that will open supernatural doorways for the kingdom of God to expand. It's, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it other than just to declare the reality of it. I encourage you, let's just keep doing what God's asking us to do. And let's bring transformation to society in a powerful, wonderful way. Can I get an online and on-campus amen? Just believing God, just for uh, great wisdom as we continue to walk all this out. We're in this incredible focus of the Roaring Twenties. And uh, it's not like the Roaring Twenties in the 1920s. It's like the Roaring Twenties in the 2020s. And it's a prophetic word that we embraced in this next season of the church where the lion of the tribe of Judah is awakening the roar of God in the body of Christ. Our prayers become the expression of his roar. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that roar today, but I'll just first reiterate our key verse during this season of time is Amos chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets, the lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can help but prophesy? Isaiah 31 talks about the lion's growl. And that word in the Hebrew language, Isaiah 31.4, also translates meditate. And when we meditate on what God reveals, the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah begins to be activated in our lives. You understand... Uh, it's great to hear what the Lord was speaking about our eyes, but it wasn't just one person that heard that. There were others that heard it, and that's what makes it such a confirmation as such a powerful declaration. One of the seven points of prayer that I introduced earlier in the year, many of us have been declaring this, but the final point of that, of those seven things that we're agreeing over, and I declare it every single day, uh, the final one is, Lord, let conversations become confirmations that God is speaking to us all. I want to ask you to raise your hand if you hear the voice of God. Just raise your hand if you hear the voice. I didn't ask you if you pay attention all the time, but you hear the voice of God, right? And our conversations then become confirmations that we're hearing what God is saying. So it's a really important part of, um, of this season of the church that the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah is awakened. So hear this again because it's important. In Amos 3 it says, the lion has roared, who will not fear? So I have been just reading about the lion's roar 
and just, you know, I like to, to study this out and pray into, see what patterns God's revealing in all of it. And I read an article this last week, I want to share with you a little bit about it, uh, a tour guide from Africa who takes groups of people out on tours to see lions wrote, you don't, this is what he said, you don't hear a lion roaring, you feel it. A lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. The closer you are, the more the vibrations tremor through your body. And believe me, if it's your first time experiencing it, this is his language. Is anybody nervous when I say it's his language? You think I'm going to use bad language? I, I know what you're thinking. Get sanctified, people. If it's your first time experiencing it, you're within 50 meters, you are left in gob-smacked, jaw-dropping awe. <laughs> I have turned around many times in my vehicle to see my guests' reactions, and nine times out of ten, I just see a row of open mouths staring speechless at a roaring lion. It's just powerful. When I began to read that, and I began to think about if we will pay attention to what God is revealing, he will capture our attention, and he desires to have our attention and possess our affection. And it's in that place where we then begin to really align our imagination in his direction, where he's revealing his promises and revelation that, that awakens. You understand the dream that God desires for you to possess is to be entangled in your imagination, where that's what you're thinking about because you're in awe of him. I believe I said it last week, but the more we, uh, the less we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the more we thirst for entertainment. In other words, the more we waste our imagination when we're not paying attention to the, the deeper, more meaningful spiritual things of God. What I just said is very important. You know, I'm, I'm ready to move past the days of just trying to spin everybody up with my motivational message. And when I sense we've struck into something, I want to pause. And I believe that there are some people that really need to recognize that you're allowing your imagination, the Bible calls it vain imaginations, you're allowing your imagination to be distracted into places. God wants to take that back, take control of that. Anybody here? In Jesus' name. Lord, I just know you're speaking to some hearts right now about this very important idea. And even the, the conversation that's taking place is helping to cultivate our imagination in the right direction. I pray that we would cast down every vain imagination that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And the revelation of Christ would prevail. Would prevail in shaping our lives and transforming us. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. So the lion's roar, it's been so interesting just <clears throat> exploring this a little bit. And I love this because we are obviously all about community um, as a church. But lions actually at times roar in chorus. Uh, they have a certain roar when they're playing with their cubs, which is interesting. But sometimes lions in the pride just roar in chorus. And, and what they're doing is just expressing a sense of identity with community uh, as they are designed by God to do. 
And so, again, this speaks a lot, I believe, of our coming together in corporate prayer. You know, we're joining together right here on Tuesday mornings now at 6 a.m. for those that are comfortable with being on campus, but we're also streaming online during this time at 6 o'clock on Tuesday morning. So I would invite you, 6 a.m., just press in. We'll do different things with music and prayer, bowls and harps, that whole emphasis. Um, but I just believe God's really blessing that as we, as we continue to seek Him and pray together. And there's something powerful about our getting our prayers in chorus, our roar in chorus, identifying with our design by God for community. Um, for the sake of today's message, I just want to point out that animals actually have an identification when they're alone and when they live in community. And it's a, it's a distinction. And you may not have ever thought of it before until I was preparing for this. I really didn't. But ants, anybody ever just stepped on an ant and squashed an ant? Uh, ants are just ants when they're by themselves. But when they have a sense of family identity and they've come together with a common purpose of building their ant pile and you know, bringing food under the direction of the, of the, the queen ant, um, it's interesting, but they're then not called ants, they're called a colony. So I started looking into some of the animals, things that we would commonly know. Cows are just cows until they herd together and they become a herd of cattle. Uh, flamingos. Anybody know what a group of flamingos are that have a sense of family identity? This is a fun one. Flamboyant. They're a flamboyant. A uh, few people came to mind as I thought about that particular term. Flamboyance. I like this one. Buzzards. When buzzards decide to have a sense of identity and community together, uh, a group of buzzards are known as a committee. And... Uh, I remember we uh, moved into a new neighborhood that had this neighborhood association, and, and we brought our girls. They were, they were younger, and uh, we took them into this neighborhood association meeting, and it was great. We're sitting in this big room, and suddenly a fight breaks out in there, and like one lawyer stands up on one side, one lawyer stands up on the other, representing two sides of the argument. People are yelling at each other and going crazy, and the committee is sitting in the middle, and Faith leaned over to me, and she goes, Dad, what's going on? And I said, Faith, this is the church business meeting you've been spared from all your life because of the way we do church as a church family. Thank you, Destiny family. A group of buzzards be become this committee. And then I love this one because, you know, cantankerous um, primates, man, baboons, they are destructive, damaging, loud, crazy acting. But baboons, when they come together, they form a congress. Now that is beautiful. That is definitely uh, prophetic expression of the Lord right there in today's world that we live in. Lions are lions, and together, I said it a while ago, what do they form? A pride. And Christians are Christians. And when we gather as believers, we form the church. And there's something of a supernatural expression when we give ourselves to the, the common pursuit of the heart of King Jesus who gave his life so that we could come from death to life, from darkness to light, from a place of, of disconnect to a place of true connection. And this is why our um, community group ministry here as a church is so very important. I just want to ask you if you are interested in making a deeper connection as a part of a family, then take a moment right now and just text DESTINY to 474747. And let us connect with you this week. That'll just open up a digital online um, connect card that you can just put a couple of bits of information in and we'll reach out 
and we'll uh, follow up, make a connection, conversation, maybe have an online conversation together, however that looks. <clears throat> but we want to help you walk that out. Today's title is Deep-Spirited Friendship. And it's such a unique phrase. I was reading in Scripture, and I found this word, uh, this phrase expressed in Philippians 2-3 in the message. And the message Bible says this, Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. What's the difference between a Christian living life alone and the church? I think this pretty much says it. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Can we all just say that out loud online as well? Everybody just say, be deep-spirited friends. One more time. Be deep-spirited friends. This is such an important thing for us to understand as Christians, what it is to be deep-spirited friends, not just having an emotional connection, not just having an intellectual connection, but a true spiritual connection. There's something deeper that you and I were born for, and we need to explore that and discover that and know that. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. So this deep-spirited friendship really speaks of relationships that have eternal value because they've been spiritually or supernaturally enriched. And have you ever had it happen where, you know, a coincidence occurs and somebody tells you something, gives you a call, whatever, they give you that, that word exactly the right time and your response is, you know, you have no idea how much I needed that today. I, I want you to know that is a coincidence that actually is a coincidence on purpose. God, in many, many instances, is orchestrating interactions like that more than you realize, and he rarely gets the credit he deserves for it. But for you to have deep-spirited friendship with other believers in your life, that coincidence of that happening goes up at a much higher level. Um, rate of expectation or probability. And so as we're sensitive to the Lord, just learning to pay attention to the promptings of the Spirit of God, our deep-spirited friendships begin to produce a greater sense of, conversa of com conversation that is confirmation that God really is speaking us uh, to us all. So it's God's desire that we have this life-giving connection with him. Not just where we read the book, but we sit with the author. We say it in a lot of clever ways. But the bottom line is uh, where you're experiencing the presence of God. I, I want to caution you because I understand it is easy to come like this, to gather together in a place of worship and really not pay attention to what God is desiring to do. I believe, and, and I'm, I'm just cultivating some things for weeks ahead that I know God's asking me to speak, and some of it's going to be a little painful. How many of you are okay with whatever God desires, even if it hurts a little bit? Um, and I just felt the Lord was saying in, in weeks to come, it'll be probably a month and a half now, but we're going to address the issue of idolatry that is predominant in the church of our generation today. It's a big deal. Idolatry. Um, and how we've given, been given to that. And I just think the Lord's trying to peel back some layers, and he's looking for some people that are willing to come in here with a fresh perspective of pursuing God, and not just doing what we do because it's the way we do church and it's because we can make it work that way, but rather we go really a lot deeper into why God's revealing what he's desiring to reveal in this particular season. And so God's desire is for us to understand the life-giving relationship and connection we can have with him and 
the life-giving connection that he has purposed for us to have with each other. How many of you know there's a life-giving connection that God has purposed for us to have with each other? And if we will keep our imagination from being hijacked in the wrong direction, we'll stay focused on what he's desiring to reveal. And making those connections on purpose is vitally important. So I'm going to show you something that I actually had planned to share for Easter Sunday. And uh, you'll understand why it was for Easter Sunday. But the Lord just held off. And, and I, I've been camping on it and reflecting on it since then. And, and I felt this, this week the Lord was saying, today is the day to bring this all into a greater perspective. So I want to take you to the temple. We're going to travel back in time into the most holy place. And we've done a lot of focus of this in times past. But if you go into the most holy place, then you'll see um, the Ark of the Covenant. And here's a picture of the Ark of the Covenant that you can take a look at. And this is found only in the most holy place. And we see where the Shekinah glory, a little blast of light there in the center, that Shekinah glory was manifest over the mercy seat between two angels facing each other. The Shekinah glory of God is manifest over the mercy seat between two angels facing each other. Okay, we need to make sure we have that picture in our minds. And then I want you to think with me as we move on and, and reflect on that, hold that image in your, in your heart for just a moment. And when we then move to a day where, you can take the picture down, uh, we move to the day where Mary Magdalene now is coming to discover uh, the body of Jesus is gone. And ha, ha, do you know this story? Because she comes to, uh, to the, the tomb, and as she goes in, the body of Jesus is not there, and it's nowhere to be found. But according to John chapter 20, she sees something very unique. She sees two angels facing each other, one at where the head of the body had been and one at where the foot of the body had been. Two angels facing each other. And as I looked at that and read that, I thought to myself, wow, this speaks of the Ark of the Covenant. But it actually doesn't. Because what was revealed earlier is not what Jesus came to speak of, but what was revealed earlier actually spoke of Jesus coming in days ahead. So that didn't speak of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant actually spoke of this, of this moment where the body of Christ was uh, invisible, gone, and the angels were facing each other as an expression of the Shekinah glory of God. And here's the thing that I want to just challenge you to understand. <clears throat> By God's design, His glory is revealed in a greater dimension when we come face to face in an interaction as the body of Christ. That's where the Shekinah glory of God begins to be revealed more powerfully than when we are alone. This gives new meaning to the idea of when two of us gather in his name, he is what? He is right there in the midst of them. This is a really important teaching for us to embrace and understand because there is glory in the conversation. That's what all this was saying to us. There is glory in the conversation. Talking to 
uh, other believers that are spiritually alive, their lives are enriched with the eternal value of God, in many ways is like talking to God himself. I mean, we, we have to understand, we've undervalued this way too much. Seeking counsel from other believers that are really in tune with the Lord is not just a good thing to do because it's wise. It's a God thing to do because there's revelation in that. And suddenly our lives and what we're thinking gets expanded. Our perimeters and our borders get expanded into the supernatural expression of what God is trying to reveal in those moments of interaction and conversation. I just want to say when you find friendships where conversations become confirmations. Invest in those relationships. And I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't have this as a focus in the message, but I, as before service, I felt the Lord was saying he may uh, lead me into this. And I'm just going to flow with this just for a moment. But when you find those relationships, give yourself to those relationships and learn to be unoffendable. Learn to be unoffendable offendable. Be sure when the opportunity for an offense comes. An infant will cry and be upset about anything that doesn't go their way. A baby, infant, I'm, I'm asking you, let's be more mature than that. Somebody ought to amen me right now. I know I'm getting a little bit uh, forceful here, but, but we, it's time to grow up. And it's not just a matter of me growing up to be mature, but it's me cultivating an awareness that the glory that's revealed in conversation is not something I'm willing to step away from, but I'll pay a price of overcoming an offense, even if you do me wrong, to keep this relationship intact because it is a revelation relationship that God has brought into my life. And some people are just so easily sifted by the enemy that they live their lives in total offense and they never experience the glory of God and the revelation of conversation that God desires them to have because they're just so easily offended over anything that comes their way. And I want to address that. I want to speak to that. I want to say, church, let's be more mature than that. Let's be more devoted to the purposes of God than that. Let's not cry and whine and be immature every time we're hungry or cranky or, and, and, and I'm capable of this. I, this last week I posted something about, uh, you know, it's, it's almost frustrating. Well, it is frustrating to me sometimes that I feel like there's some areas of my life that I'm really mature in, really spiritually mature. And then other areas of my life I feel like I'm just an infant. Can anybody relate to that? Like, I promise you, if you just buy into a person because they've impressed you in some area of their life and you accept the whole package of who they are as a result of that, you're making a mistake. I'm just telling you, God is constantly at work in all of our lives of deepening us and maturing us and growing us. And in, in, in all of us have our areas of deficiency, and God's trying to work us through that more and more and more. There's glory revealed in the conversation. Finding people who will tell you the truth. True friends don't stab you in the back. True friends stab you in the front. They'll tell you the truth even when it hurts. And then they'll help you heal so that you can grow stronger as a result. So eternal things start to begin, uh, you know, being exchanged. Our lives are enlarged in a sense of cross-pollination, pun intended not for the sake of humor but for the sake of substance. There, there's this cross-pollination that begins to happen in our interaction and conversation and revelation begins to, to occur. And, I, you know, here, bottom line, 
Jesus was really kind to everyone. Would you agree? Like he was loving to everyone. I mean, he had his moments of, of uh, godly anger, and, and I understand that, but, but people around him felt a sense of invitation and reception and friendship from him in, a, in amazing and powerful ways. But listen very carefully. His closest allies that he spent his most intimate time with were people who loved God, who were spiritually alive because there was glory in the conversation with those other believers. It's pretty important that we follow that example in our own lives because you can sure get distracted and your imagination get hijacked when you get around people that are talking about things that have nothing to do with what God's desiring for you to possess in your life. You might as well amen me because I'm just going to keep on preaching it. It's important that we understand that. Uh, you show me your friends, you show, I'll show you your future. You've heard all that before, uh, but it's a reality. If you really want to make good decisions, then you should surround yourself with people that embody the characteristics of the decisions you hope to make for the rest of your life. And it will help hold you on course, and the glory of God will be revealed in those places of conversation and interaction. It will bring substance to your life. These relationships are deep-spirited friendship. Deep-spirited friendship. I want to just tell you, I um, had a situation where my parents came over to my house, and um, we sat out in the backyard, and, and we had this Friday breakfast date that we have had for a while, and all this pandemic hit, and it changed all of it. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come up. But I was sitting out there with them in the back just talking, and I could tell my mom was wanting to, you know, be considerate and not stay too long, and they were going to leave soon. And, uh, and, she, and, and it was interesting. Mom's online with us this morning right now in this service. Um, but it was interesting because as she started kind of making comments in that direction, I realized what she was doing. And, I, and so I, I kind of shut it down. I said, hey, instead of just you know, getting together and chatting and then you guys dashing off, how about this morning we take a little bit of time, very important, to listen and pray. I, I want you to know by the Spirit of God right now, since there's an incredible impartation happening in your hearts, in our homes, I said, let's take a moment and listen and pray. How many of you ever prayed with somebody and you just say, hey, let's pray, Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. I say some things right now because I'm trying to think of what to say while I pray. Amen. You've done that before. That's probably the way most of us pray. We're trying to think, especially if I were to say right now, hey, would you stand and pray? Like everybody's looking at you like, okay, I've got to come up with something to pray. And I just said, let's just pause and listen and pray. And I just shut my eyes. I'm not sure what they did. They, they might have gone like, <laughs> like his eyes are closed, what do we do, you know? But no, I think they closed their eyes too and we all just sat there. And my mom, my dad, and I just listened. And as we felt any sense of prompting that might be from the Lord, it was a safe place. you got to practice God's words. Any sense of prompting that might be from the Lord, we just began to pray those things out. We didn't take very long. But I'm just telling you, tears began to flow in that moment as we just sensed the glory of God in a moment of relationship and connection. I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying right now, some of you are grieving the fact that you don't possess that relationship with family members, and I'm just declaring household salvation comes in Jesus' mighty name. Don't you dare give up on people just because they have nothing to do with the things of God. They're coming into to Christ in Jesus' name. 
my family, my mom, my dad, and I did not have a common bond of Christ. <laughs> Far from that in early years of life. But we have that today, and so shall it be. There is a wave of salvation. A new wine harvest is coming to this land, and many people are coming to know Jesus. And we're declaring it right now. Do you sense the, the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah? Because I believe he's stirring that. People are going to grow in a sense of deeper awareness of the things of God. And in that moment, it was just such a powerful, powerful time. And so my mom and dad left that morning, and I just sat outside, and I just was just thanking God just for the deep-spirited friendship that I have the privilege of having with my mom and dad in those moments. And then a few days later, uh, my wife, Tracy, daughters, Faith, and Lexi, uh, I said, hey, tonight after we have our family meal, I want to do something different. And we had our meal, and then we all went to the living room, and I said, I want us to listen and pray. I, I, I just, I, I cannot tell you how rich I sense the impartation is right now from the Lord into our lives. There, there are some things in our lives right now that are shifting <laughs> And it will impact our legacy for generations to come if we'll cooperate. And I just said, let's just take some time to listen and pray. And my oldest daughter, Faith, I was going to turn on worship music just because I like music and prayer, worship, you know, uh, bowls and harps, as the Bible says it. And as we were just there, uh, Faith turned on worship music, and we just began to listen and I said, here are some people that have been on my heart. I want us just to pray for them. And I had my computer out, and, and each of our family members took turns sharing and praying what we were sensing as we were listening and praying for those people. And I, I typed it all up. And after we finished, everybody prayed. And, and by the way, this is really important. Like, you, if you know our two daughters, you know they are two very different people, like, one is fair-complected blonde, and the other is dark-complected brunette. Like, they don't look like they're part of the same family, even. Uh, I tease Lexi, she and I. Uh, we are the dark-complected individuals, and, and Faith and, and, and Tracy, they are the fair-complected, and so we've got this divide in our... I mean, it's crazy. Their disposition also matches their physical... Uh, discrepancy. It's really wild. And so I say, you know, let's pray. And I name a, a person and faith. She just rises up and says, I just declare thus saith the Lord. Rah, 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 rah. Like she roars quickly. And Lexi just kind of listening. And, and so I did this and I told Lexi about it and I said I wanted to share it. And she gave me permission. I had to be a little more considerate in her direction. But, I, but as we would then give words and I was typing it all, then I would look at Lexi if she hadn't said anything. And I would say, Lexi, why don't you just take a moment and just pray for the person as we conclude? And you know what she would do? She would listen and pray. She didn't even realize she was hearing the voice of the Lord in the way she was doing this. I had to point it out to her. And I, because I, after she did it the first time, I said, why did you pray that over them? She goes, I don't know. It's just what came to mind. Wow. Do you know the anointing helps you to know things before you understand them? You will know them before you can explain them. And for some of us, we might roar, yes, this is the word of the Lord. And others of us just pause for a moment and pray for somebody and think, why did I pray that for them? Because that's what God brought to mind. And I sent those words to four different families that we prayed for that night. 
And before we went to bed, we had outrageous confirmations of all those words. They were messaging back, thank you so much, you have no idea, this was so precise, specifically, like specific words for these families out of my family, out of my home. Deep-spirited friendship. Lord, I believe that you're opening our eyes, you're healing our eyes today. So we just want to press into that a little bit. Would you just stand, those of you in the room, we just join together, Lord, in this time. This week, I want to ask everybody, let's make some time for meaningful conversation with other believers and agree specifically for friends and family to come to Christ. Get with somebody this week. Will you do it? Get with somebody this week. Don't just be easy about it. Make, listen to the Lord about who you're to get with. Get with somebody this week and listen and pray. And allow that deep-spirited friendship to really release something profound. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be awakened to the purposes of God. For some people, that means making the first decision to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, we want to step into that dimension <laughs> deeper and deeper after we come to know you, that we would grow in the deeper revelation of Christ, the greater awareness of God, the sense of the promptings and the leadership of the Holy Spirit as a way of life. I thank you, Lord, for salvation through Christ alone, that you came to deliver us from our sin, restore us and replenish us to be the sons and daughters of God you designed us to be. And we give you thanks, declaring, Lord, you died on the cross, but you're risen from the grave. You are who you say you are. You're the Savior of the world, and we acknowledge we need you to rescue us from our sins and save us from death in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that online, on campus, say amen out loud. Amen. We receive it, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you help us to grow in a deeper awareness of the conversation of the Lord. In the name of Jesus.